Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Let's go now to the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And he has not been on for a while. The head coach of the Phoenix Suns. You get the Suns and the Pacers later on tonight. Former Pacer head coach Frank Vogel joins us. Hey, Frank, thank you for the time. How are you? What's up, JMV? How you been, man? My brother, I was thinking about this the other day. You know how long it's been since you've been on this show? I don't know how long it's been. May 4th, 2012. Oh, my goodness. And here's how how I know how I know why is because that was the day that uh, MCA died of Beastie Boys and you and I talked about MCA of the Beastie Boys for probably the first seven minutes because that was breaking news that day. So yes, that's right. That was a sad day. It was because I mean you told me you went back um, when you grew up. You knew about them before basically the rest of the world knew about the Beastie Boys growing up when you did. So. Oh, yeah, we, we followed them. They were, they were big time. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Phoenix now, of course, um, getting ready for a game later on tonight. We saw you, obviously, on Sunday. How do you think your team's playing right now, and especially in terms of your big three, with Durant, with Beal, with Booker? How's everything coming together for you at this point of the season? Yeah, it's really starting to gel for us. You know, we really uh, we spent the first two months of the season without having uh, the big three together. You know, just a handful of times, um, either one or both of them was out, and um, you know it's really difficult to build cohesion uh, through that. But um, they've been healthy for a little bit of a stretch here, and finally getting some tra- some traction. You've been so many different play or places and with such a high level of success as a coach. How different is it than, let's just say, for example, Frank, when you first started, to make sure you maximize time on the floor, but also with what is the end result and the goal in mind, making sure these guys, especially those three in particular, get the rest that they need? Yeah, they rest on off days. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always a balance, you know. I mean, you want to manage the the, the marathon the best that you can. Yeah. Uh, while trying to win every night, you know, you have to stay in the moment and and uh, whatever game is in front of you, you got to do whatever it takes to to get that game uh, within you know within reason. And um, you know, like I said, I think uh, league wide uh, teams are practicing less and less and doing less shoot arounds. So uh, the mental approach is is that much more important. You know, I, I think uh, being with the Lakers and the team we had there uh, with LeBron, um, just being really dialed into the film sessions and uh, the, the mental approach has, has really uh, showed me a lot of lessons of how, how we can improve our team and uh, build cohesiveness and all that stuff, you know, while keeping them off of, uh, off of their feet, you know. And um, like I said, the whole league has kind of done a little bit of that, but, you know, I feel like we're doing a good job uh, managing that. I was going to ask you that, too, regarding practice, because, for example, for the Pacers team you're up against later on tonight, Pascal Siakam had not practiced until, I believe, going back to Wednesday. Um, How often do you practice? Is it enough practice time for you? Or, again, is this just kind of a juggling act that, that you have to do? Well, it's, it's definitely a juggling act, and you know, for for all the things that I want to cover and 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 build uh, 
you know, discipline with, you know, which takes practice and reps and, you know, guys working together and, and having the ability to blow the whistle, stop teaching correct, you know, like there's big value in that, you know, um, but you have to measure that against uh, guys being fresh, guys being healthy, um, because there's a lot of situations where you try to try to get some work done and you know, a guy rolls an ankle or something like that in practice and ends up being counterproductive. So um, it is a juggling act. But, you know, like I said, it, if you can improve your team with the mental approach, then, uh, then you got a team that's got a chance to do something. He is Frank Vogel, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Suns Pacers coming up later on tonight at Gambridge Fieldhouse. You know, obviously we saw you guys on Sunday in that win over the Pacers. What, it, it looked pretty cohesive to me. But what's this look like, this product you have present day? day to you compared to your expectations and then your further goals down the road with this group yeah the thing that we're seeing a lot uh, of late is you know that we got three guys that require double teams you know whether it's kevin durant's post-ups or devin booker or bradley beal's pick and rolls or their pin downs um you know or their isolation situations you know we we find guys that um you know we know that the opponent is going to double team and you know, when, when one of those guys is getting double teamed and, and you have a, a, a Bradley Beal and a Kevin Durant on the backside or if, or if KD's getting double teamed and you have Bradley Beal and Devin Booker on the backside, it, it makes it a, a, a little bit of a, a problem for the opposing coach to make those those choices. You know, do you want to live with those guys getting open shots on the backside or uh, or, or trying to play those guys straight up, um, which, uh, which they win those matchups most times. So, uh, we're really starting to see that uh, with the games that we've had of late, and um, hopefully we can continue to grow our spacing and all the things that go into that. He is uh, Frank Vogel, the head coach of the Suns. What you make of, of what you saw from the Pacers? Obviously, you know, without Tyrese Halliburton, I mean, it's it's drastically different, but from what you've seen both with him on tape and, and what you saw in them on Sunday without him? Well, Tyrese Halliburton's become one of the best players in the NBA. You know, I mean, it's it's that simple, and I, I think it's reflective in the All-Star voting, uh, where I believe he's first uh, in the East amongst guards, and it's well-deserved. He's a wizard out there with the basketball. He sees things that no one else on the floor is seeing before they even happen, and he has the ability to deliver the basketball. He's great. He's got great deception with his eyes. Um, you, know, you never know where he's going with it, and he freezes defense, and, um, you know, he's really, really a guy that's, that's difficult to prepare for, and um, you know, he's the head of the state for their, their guys. But, you know, I think that the team is it goes beyond Tyrese Halliburton. You know, they've done a great job. Kevin Pritch and their front office have done a, a phenomenal job um, just drafting, you know, good talent. You know what I mean? It's it's not like they're, they're going to the, the top three in the, in the lottery and, and, you know, drafting future stars, but they're getting good player after good player after good player. And their young talent is uh, is really helping them win games. I, I think the addition of Siakam is going to really help them, and I think he's a great fit next to my guy Miles Turner, who uh, who I had in, in his rookie year, yep. who I'm very very fond of as a person and as a player. He, he's just become uh, one heck of a basketball player, and I'm super happy for him. Hopefully, he doesn't do well against us. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's somebody that I'll always be rooting for, and uh, you know their their future is bright. You know, especially with Rick, Rick Carlisle coaching them up the way the way they're. They're doing it. I mean, to be the the number one offense in the league, and and quite frankly, to have a you know a, a, an offensive rating that would, if it, if they finished the season today, would be the best in the history of the NBA, is just just remarkable, and that speaks to to Rick's offensive mind. So Frank Vogel with us. Um, we've seen such an uptick 
in offense over the years. Did you like? I, lo- I liked for me. I love offense, and I love where it is going. Is, is there at times going to be more of a balance, or ultimately is that just up to each individual team to get better within those parameters defensively? Because sometimes it feels like it's a little bit too much outweighed from offense to defense where we are right now. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, the modern NBA offense is very difficult to slow down. You know, it really is. The skill level has really grown. You have five guys on the floor typically at all times that can shoot threes, and um, the space that comes along with that makes it difficult to guard guys in one-on-one situations. And, you know, the the footwork, the physicality of of, of players playing offensive basketball, not just in the post, but in ISO and and bully drives and using their big shoulders to create space. If you bring a little bit of help, you get burned by a three. So it's, uh, it's very challenging, you know, as a, as a defensive-minded guy, uh, you know, to scheme these things up. But um, if, if you want to win at the highest level, you got to defend at a high level, you know. So that's something that we're preaching with our guys. What, what, do you want, um, what do you want your guys to keep your game-to-game defensive average? Uh, in terms of our defensive Yeah, play, and, uh, I, I guess total point output, I guess. And I, I know you, sometimes you get some stragglers here and there, but like, is there a goal in which defensively you want to hit as total points for the team that you're playing? No, because every team plays, plays a different pace. Okay. You know, and um, you know, we're, we're more concerned with the defensive efficiency, uh, which we like to keep. Uh, I think the number one team in the league is, is under 110, maybe 107, something like that. Uh, we like to keep it uh, around there, under 110. You know, it gives us a chance to win each night. You know, I mean, it's but this is JMB. This will tell you how much the game has changed. My my teams back with the, the Hibbert West teams when we had the best defense in the league, our defensive rating was 97 <laughs> or like 96.7 or something something like that. Now and now to to lead the NBA, you got to be uh, I think 108 or something like that. So, um, like I said, it's a it's a challenge, but um, you know, teams are going to win at the highest level and give themselves a chance to win the championship. Are going to guard at a high level. Hey, Frank, clearly, I was taking my analytics course back in 1995, right there. So that's <laughs> that's what I got. But that that is incredible because we just went over and kind of joked about the last time you were on the show. But that's really not a hell of a lot of time, right there, to change that drastically, is it? No, it's it's not. You know, it's just been an explosion uh, of, of offense and the style of play has, has really changed. I mean, it's just a, it's a different game now. Frank Vogel is with us. Um, what's Indiana, Indianapolis mean to you in reflection? Oh, it's it's one of the most special places in the league for me. I mean, the city itself, um, you know, for me, I, I raised my daughters there. We moved there when they were three and one and uh, there for nine years, you know, so uh, they consider that home. Um, we've been back just about every summer you know, since I left uh, to visit friends. We, we, we maintained our house there for a long time. And, um, you know, it'll always be home for me. The city will, um, Indianapolis and Carmel. But then the Pacers organization itself, you, you know, is going to be special to me for forever as well. You know, they, they give me my first opportunity to be a head coach. I'll, I'll forever be in, indebted to, to Herb Simon and, and Larry Bird and, uh, David Morway uh, for giving me that opportunity way back when, and um, man, when we we took off and we started winning games with that group that uh, you know, got within the game of the NBA Finals. You know, those are those are special teams to me. I'm still in close contact with uh, a lot of those those guys, PG and Roy and, and, and David West and, and Lance George Hill, uh, all those guys, even Yamahimi, CJ Miles. Like th- that that team was that team was very close. We had a very um, family-oriented uh, type of approach, and 
um, you know, those teams will be very special to me forever. Was there ever a point where you thought the Lakers might have been the end, end of their coaching road for you? You never know. I was hopeful that it would be. You know, I think when you win an NBA championship, you have a, you know, you have a, a feeling like you have an opportunity or you have a chance to, to stick and to be there for a long time. But, you know, the Lakers are, uh, you know, a, a championship or bust type of organization and was it just wasn't in the cards for me. But, um, you know, I think when we had that success early on there, I was hopeful that that would be the case. Uh, Matt Ishbia, I was going to ask about him as an owner, and this is what occurs to me. And again, uh, my analytics were 95, and my knowledge is probably stuck back there too. But he seems certainly, with his background, um, a very big time lover of basketball. It, it, that has to be a really cool aspect for you, knowing that that you have an owner that it has all of his life basically been so invested in the game that you're coaching. No doubt, and it's been a lot of fun. He, he's great, you know. He's uh, he's got it. It was a walk on for for Tom Izzo uh, on the team at Michigan State, on the team that won a national championship, I think, in '99. And um, you know, he's just a basketball junkie, you know. So I mean, he runs his business and he's investing in the world that, in, in the mortgage industry. Uh, but he's a he's a basketball junkie. He knows his stuff. He, he has great questions, and um, he's a great partner in what we're doing uh, in terms of adding the talent that we want to add, and um, you know, just looking at all of our processes and ways we can be great on a daily basis. And I'm really enjoying working with him. Yeah, Brad Stevens said this long ago, and it may have been said before Brad said it too. But uh, I'll, I'll take the cue from him. He said, you know, everybody when he was a Butler, it, it, you know, everybody that you know is is cleaning up the field house to to coaching the team, whatever needs. To to be pushing in the same direction and, and noticing this you don't often get that and this seems like a, a really special parallel you have in phoenix where from ownership on down everybody's pushing in the same direction and when you don't often have that it has to be very special when you do in this case no it it really is off to a phenomenal start in year one uh, with this group, James Jones is, is our, our, our front office and Josh Borrelstein, uh, but Matt is, Matt is leadership. And then on down to our captains, you know, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker have been great, great partners so far um, in terms of really working together and, and being flexible. And, you know, let's, let's combine all of our experiences and successes, uh, you know, to, to produce a champion. And, um, you know, like I said, we've been uh, battered with injuries early on. Uh, but since we've gotten healthy, we've shown some real flashes of, of what, what our potential and what our ceiling could be. And uh, we, have a, we have a chance to, you know, to believe that we're one of the teams that, that has an opportunity to win an NBA championship this year. So you know, we're not taking that lightly and um, you know, putting in all the work. Frank Vogel joins us before I let you go. Uh, will you, do you see yourself returning once everything's done and you're, you're cool and satisfied with a, a great career? Will you return here? I could definitely see that, you know, like I said, uh, you know, it's, it's always felt like home to me. My daughters were raised there. Um, one of my daughters is going to school, at the university of Wisconsin. So, so she returned to the Midwest and yeah. my, my other one might as well. Um, <laughs> nice. she's, a senior. She's, she's looking at some of the schools. I use one of them and, um, you know, we're going to keep that door open, you know, because, uh, you know, we had some great years there and, and, you know, this the Indianapolis will always be, uh, will be close to my heart. Hey Frank, I got to send all my kids to Indiana State. Okay, I got to give them some helpers. So we got to send them all to Teradice. They're having a good year this year, though. So well, you know, it's good. But uh, got to send them all to Indiana State. Honestly, absolute pleasure to have you on the show again. It has been way too long, and uh, we won't 
spend this time apart uh, again like this. I always love talking to you and uh, loved your time here. The best of luck to you with Phoenix, uh, no matter what happens coming up later on tonight at the Fieldhouse. But again, thank you so much for taking out the time and uh, being on the show today, Frank. I really appreciate it. Tell everybody in the family we said hello. Will do, and best of your family and, and everybody back in the Indianapolis community. I miss everyone back there, so I'm um, excited to be back. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate you. All right, take care. It's a Frank Vogel right there, the head coach of the Phoenix. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The voice of the Hoosiers with us right now. He gets to head on over. I-74 to Champaign-Urbana coming up tomorrow afternoon and get a, uh, a line team that's probably a little salty about what happened to them back on, I believe it was Wednesday night, that overtime loss in Evanston to Northwestern. Don Fisher joins us. Hello, Don. How are you? Good, John. How are you? Have you been on the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy before, Don? Have you? Um, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't, well I Andy don't Sweeney. Half, no, of, half, listen, of, half of it's here right he, now with Andy he, Sweeney. He, he, has, he has not. Um, you have been, I, I worked in Louisville. And so you would probably have gone on with Bob hey. Valvano oh, a few God. times. Don't, don't run oh, him yeah. off, okay. Sweebo here. Uh, don't run and, him off. And, and, and when we when we have our internal meetings, we go, oh, JMV and Jake Query, they're going to have the play-by-play guy on. We we have no chance to get Don on with, uh, with those two heavyweights in the radio industry here in Indianapolis. So we just give up. We just move on uh, to other – we move on to Zach, my guy Zach Osterman or Dustin DePirac. How does that sound? Well, actually, they're probably better than I am. So trust me, I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> hey, Don, truth be told, you can say it the way that it is. You just didn't know they had, like, phone service in southern Indiana, so you didn't mess with it. <laughs> we just got indoor plumbing about five years ago, Don. You thought Sarah, so you know. Sarah was the operator in Mayberry. He didn't want to jack with it, so he just said, the hell with that. <laughs> was, his en- was his engineer Gomer? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's some fine Hoosier God. fans down there. You, you know what, Don? You're a Hall of Famer, right? You're one of the greatest of all time. There are so many reasons why I love you. You know that, don't you? Wow. <laughs> the fact that you just slid right into this conversation is is beautiful. It really is. <laughs> hey, I, I did want to double back to this. Did you watch Northwestern in Illinois on Wednesday night? Because it I would did. seem – that the last thing that IU would need is a salty fighting Illini talented team in Champaign tomorrow. That's exactly, unfortunately, what they're going to get. Yes, they are. Uh, there's no question that Illinois is probably really ticked. Uh, <laughs> Boo Booey did another team in like he has done for like the last two years now. I mean, this guy is a fantastic basketball player. Obviously, the one of the best guards in the country, not just the Big Ten, uh, because of how good he is in clutch situations. And every time they needed a basket, he got it. And uh, he's just a phenomenal athlete, a phenomenal player, and probably one of the guys, little guys you're ever going to see. Go ahead, Sweet. I'll ask him a question. Well, I, I, you know, this season was, and I said this on the air, Don, this season was – really predicated on Xavier Johnson being a, a key part of this team and with the injury and 
with some of the struggles and then some of the stuff he did on the floor, which probably took him to the bench and he lost some minutes because of it. You know, if they're going to make a run, whether that be the Big Ten tournament or here on the back end of the Big Ten season, you know, it starts on this weekend. But not only that, it starts with Xavier Johnson giving them something. How do they get him, you know, kind of going at this point? Do you think they can get him going at this point? I don't know. I'll be honest, I just don't know because we have not seen any consistency in Xavier's performances since he's come back from the injury. In fact, we've only seen one game in which he was really a major factor, and that was the Ohio State win. But uh, since then, it's kind of gone back to how he was in the first couple of ball games after he got back. It's just not been good for him. I think he's lost some confidence. I don't think there's much doubt about that. I think he is... Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know what the word would be. Because I don't. I think probably what he did is probably hurt himself a little bit more in that sense of how he thinks uh, and, and what he thinks is going on here. I, I can't answer the question. I, I don't haven't talked to him since then. Uh, I haven't had an interview with him. Uh, I know that the coach is trying to get him turned around and get him playing the way he's capable of. But the truth of the matter is, he missed all of last season. Uh, except for 11 ball games. And those 11 games, he only had one or two that were really pretty spectacular or games that you could count as uh, his performances were like they were at the last 10 games of his first season at IU. But honestly, we haven't seen the same Xavier Johnson since back in those days in his first year, uh, not on a consistent basis. And right now, I think that needs to be the key. And if he can get back to playing really tough defense without fouling and and reacting to fouls because I think that's another one of his problems. I think officials are watching him as closely as, <laughs> as they're watching anybody in the country at this point. And he's just got to, if, if he's called for a foul, just walk away. You don't have to make any kind of gestulations and all those kinds of things and look at the official, look at the bench and act like uh, you didn't commit the foul because it, it it's not going to matter. If they called it on you, it's a done deal. So just get away from that kind of stuff and concentrate on what you're trying to do out there. And, and probably the biggest thing right now is him playing really good, solid defense uh, because that's how, that's how he got on the floor in the first place, and it's the only way he's going to stay on the floor if he continues to play uh, from an offensive perspective as lightly as he has from a scoring standpoint right now. And that's the other thing. They really miss his scoring ability. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, IU and uh, Illinois, 3 o'clock tomorrow, that means 2 o'clock. Starting time, it's right across the hall from us, or where we normally are, 93 WIBC. Um, you think this week-long hiatus of sorts for IU will do them any good, or is there a lot of hope, I guess, kind of you know, intertwined in, in that thought? Well, no, there's no question there's hope in it. <laughs> this team right now, they needed a break. They needed to get away from playing games. They needed to take a look in the mirror. I hope they did that. They obviously need to get Khalil Ware back, and I don't know if he'll be back for the Mars ball game or not. I, I think that's a suspect or a questionable scenario right now. But, but obviously, this ball club needs to find a way to get back to playing the kind of defense that they did for a couple of years under Mike prior to the season. The defense, to me, has been the biggest problem this year. Uh, even back when they were playing these mid-majors and weren't running away with ball games, it was primarily because they weren't stopping the three-point shot. And they weren't playing the kind of defense that we saw them play the last couple of seasons. And part of that is due to the fact that you've got a bunch of new faces. But, hey, we're, we're 19, 20 games into this season now. You ought to know the system. You ought to understand the system. 
you have got to stop pl- start playing uh, with that those understandings and with that belief that you can get it done, and you've got to do the right things. And I think the fact that they are still struggling with defensive play, I think, is their biggest issue because they've just given up too many points, especially in these last two ball games. All right, Don. So, I, I mean, boy, this is it, it's a difficult answer. I understand. So, if Khalil Ware doesn't play. I mean, that just makes things so much, so difficult. And I don't know if he's going to play. You just mentioned, uh, we'll see. It's going to be very much a, hey, let's wait around for Saturday and see if that happens. If he doesn't play, what do they do to try to make up for the loss they're going to have on the offense and, quite frankly, the defensive end? Well, that's the question. I mean, what do they do? Because Peyton Sparks is not an offensive guy for the most part. I mean, he, he... he had some nice ball games at Ball State, but here at Big Ten play uh, and during the season, he has not been a major factor in any way, shape, or form offensively outside of getting some rebounds. Uh, and, you know, he can bang a little bit, and he's played better here in the last uh, couple of ball games that he's played in, but he's just not scoring at a high level. So you're taking a guy, putting a guy in there at this point in the post that uh, hasn't been able to give you much from an offensive standpoint. So you're not making up anything with Khalil Ware being out of the lineup at this point. So I don't, I'm not quite sure what they do. Obviously Malik Renew is, is the key guy for this basketball team. He was terrific in the Wisconsin game, even though, uh, you know, obviously it meant little because his 28 points still <laughs> didn't find Indiana on the winning end of it, nor even close to that. So right now, I, I can't answer that question. It is a hard question to answer because where do you get the offense from when you've got a bench right now that's not producing much at all? Yeah, and, and Don, I think you just get to a point where it is a struggle because you simply right now seem to have more questions than you do capable answers. And that's, you know, we, we talk about portions of the season, and this is the last portion of the season where you want to have to deal with that, and that's kind of where we are, I would guess, right now. Sure. I mean, I mean, you're into the season so far now that you you would at this point you would have developed uh, you know kind of the, the culture or the personality of your basketball team, and we're not seeing it. Uh, that just hasn't happened yet. And I know that this week probably came at a good time to let the coaches kind of uh, see if they can do something a little bit different to, to see if they can find a way to get these guys motivated to play in a different fashion. But again, I think this all begins at the defensive end. And if they can't get the defense going, I think they're in real trouble the rest of the year. Because let's face it, I mean, this team has not been a consistently really good offensive basketball team, aside from Malik Renew. He's been the most consistent of anybody on the floor. They're getting some nice play now out of uh, Mbako. McKenzie is doing much better. He's scoring in double figures almost every ball game at this juncture. He's shooting the ball better. Uh, I think he's playing a little bit better at the defensive end of the floor. But I still think that that's the biggest issue with this basketball team. And they've got to find a way to get stops. And right now we're not seeing it. So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I mentioned you at the beginning of that overtime win by Northwestern over Illinois back on Wednesday night. And Marcus Damask is tough on a variety of levels as a shooter, as a playmaker, I mean, he'll take you down the low post, somebody maybe smaller or his size, and post you up and fade you away. He can take you to the basket, which I guess would beg the question, you had Damask and then you had Lance Jones of Purdue on the same team at Southern Illinois. What the hell was going on there in Carbondale, Don? I mean, good Lord. (laughs) I don't know, but they had some good players because those guys all went to different ball clubs. So, 
Um, yes. I mean, literally, I think they got three guys playing in the Big Ten, at least two, I know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if there's a third or not. But I know they must have had a pretty good basketball team. And, and those guys have really helped these respective teams they're with this year. And as you point out, Damascus has been terrific for them, especially here in the middle part of the season. Uh, um, I, I think Indiana's going to have some real matchup issues in this ball game because who, who are you going to put on Damascus? Do you put Gabe Cups on him? Uh, Gabe is a good defender. There's no question about that, but he's, he's a little bit smaller. He's about two, three inches smaller than, than this guy, the, uh, the mask we're talking about. Uh, who do you put on Terrence Shannon? I mean, <laughs> I would assume it's going to be Trey Galloway, but I'm not quite sure at this juncture. I just think the matchups in this game without wear in there are going to be difficult. And uh, I, I don't know where they go with it as far as the coaching staff is concerned right now. And that's what we're going to have to wait and see. And maybe they've devised a, a little bit of something. Maybe they finally found a way to get these guys to understand what their roles are, uh, you know, distinctly, uh, because so far that hasn't happened. Um, well, we'll just have to wait and see. I, you know, I don't want to put too much uh, uh, speculation going into this game because I'm not sure I know much about what's going to happen in this contest, other than the fact that I think Indiana's ball club had to look in the mirror this week and hopefully – uh, that had some kind of response from doing that. Yeah, and you just you wonder if that's going to just get it. And, and really, there's so much needed right here. It's, it kind of gets back to what we were talking about, Don, earlier with so many questions and just not enough answers. And it's it's almost like in this long period of time that you're off, that if you're Mike Woodson and the staff, you, you kind of you got to start at the ground level and cobble something back together where you don't know if it's going to work, but – at least it's going to be different than what you're doing right now. And then also have to deal with injuries and an injury to, you know, arguably, if not arguably your best player right now and whether or not he's going to play. It is just beyond just their record and where they are in the big 10. It's a bad spot to be in overall. It just really is. No, it is. There's no question, but they're still there four and four. They're not out of it. Uh, they still have things to play for. So there's motivation there. They can get this thing turned around, but they're going to have to have some really good ball games uh, in the near future. And this game against Illinois, uh, win or lose, my hope is that this team plays as competitively as they have all season long and play some of their best basketball in just competing in this ball game. Because I think right now that's what this team needs. They need to show that they're capable. And if they do that without winning the ball game, I think it still gives them some motivation and some confidence. If they go in there and just get blown away again, uh, or it's one of those ball games where, you know, team takes a 15 to 18 point lead at halftime and they're not in it, I think it's going to be really tough to overcome. Don, you know, this is more of a mid-major conversation. And I know, you know, JMV, you've had this conversation with even Indiana State. You look at some of the power conferences not having right now projected the normal amount of teams that would normally make the tournament. So, for instance, and I know it's only late January, I get it, but the ACC right now is projected for probably somewhere around three teams, maybe four teams in the tournament. The Pac-12, about four teams. The Big Ten, six teams. And and you know this, Don. I mean, there's been times we've talked about eight, nine, ten teams. You know, Indiana's been a part of that. You know, double-digit teams uh, in the NCAA tournament. Does that surprise you, but does that also open an avenue that the Big Ten tournament, you know, is maybe more available to this team and some wins are available to this team 
just simply because Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC don't have the tournament teams they normally would have? Well, I, here's what I would say to that. That's what I hope happens. <laughs> I, I don't, sure. Well, I do too, I mean, Don, for Indiana State's sake here too. For, I mean, for a one-bit league's sake, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I just don't think the Big Ten is as good as it has been. I'm not saying that the Big Ten doesn't have some really good teams that are competitive, but it's not as strong as it has been. We know that. Um, everybody can get beat. Look what happened to Illinois. Northwestern's not playing their best basketball at this point in the season after having lost to Illinois previously a couple weeks ago. Um, Nebraska is a much better team this year. We haven't played Penn State. We've got them a week from tomorrow. Uh, in the assembly hall, but they're not a bad ball club. They compete like crazy. And Minnesota is a much better basketball team. I mean, everybody you look at, probably at least the teams that were really down at the bottom last year, all of those teams are in the middle this year compared to what they were a year ago. And Indiana right now is a team that's floundering, and, and there's no question in my mind they could get it turned around. But will they get it turned around, and can they do it without wear? That's going to be a real question mark. Yeah, it's funny. We we get this anyway, Don, but man, these uh these mid major teams that are having really good years are gonna be so poached in this offseason. It's not even <laughs> gonna be funny, considering all these power conferences that team wise just aren't having good seasons. This is gonna be ugly. Right. So Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I, I don't see how the Big Ten right now, I couldn't see the Big Ten getting more than five. I, I and yeah. I just don't think that they will. Um, maybe down the road we'll say something different. But right now I'd say five would be the max. And if they get five, they might be lucky because right now they've only got three ranked in the top 25, and Illinois just got knocked out. So <laughs> I don't know what to say, guys. It's, it's, it's kind of a conundrum this year, to say the least. Well, it's funny. Sorry to interrupt, JMV. It's just funny. But people always complain. The Big Ten gets 10 teams in. People complain. They complain every year. The, na- the nation complains. And this year, yeah, I mean, you could mention five, probably six. But, you know, to say that, Northwestern and teams like Nebraska, they have to keep winning. And historically, right. those teams, you know, you hit a bad couple weeks and suddenly now you're on the bubble or you're out of the NCAA tournament. That's the only reason I asked. It, it gives Indiana perhaps a little bit of hope. Now, they might not live up to that. That's a different discussion. But the chances will be there. Yeah, I think there are chances. There's there's not much question about that. But they can't afford to continue to get beat by the powers, the, the guys that right now are ranked, because they've got to get some quality wins. And I, I don't know how they come up with all the judgment and that kind of stuff. That's up to Ken Tom and all these people that, that uh, do all that kind of stuff with statistics and analytics and those kinds of things. But the, the truth of the matter is, Indiana hasn't got a real great win on their resume. And that's that's what's missing, and that's got to happen here someplace along the line if they're going to get back I love, to the hunt. I just love what you said about analytics. I had Frank Vogel on, and uh, I gave him, like, my set of analytics that went back to 1995, and he quickly corrected me on that, which was really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are my analytics from 1995 right there. Thank you very much. But uh, – we're, I think I think we're kind of both the on the same page. No, I mean, he was awesome. He is such a good guy, Don. You know that. You know that better I than know. I do. Yeah. But I he, like he is I such really a like guy. Yeah, he's such a good guy, and and obviously still has a home here, and still has uh, you know friends here. I think he ends up kind of sounded like when I was talking to him, he was going to end up being back here at some point whenever he was 
when he's done with coaching. But, I mean, hell, far from done right now. His team tonight at the Fieldhouse, but his team with you know, three, possibly at least two out of three future Hall of Famers on that squad, um, they're rocking it right now. So he's yeah, got a good absolutely. spot. Absolutely. So, and he's got an owner, Matt, Matt Ishby, a kid whose uh, dad has gobs of money, and now he has gobs of money that went to Michigan State. I mean, you couldn't have that any better. His owner played basketball, loves basketball. So, you know, oh, it's, not, it's, not, it, it's not just on a spreadsheet for this nerd <laughs> owner. I mean, he actually cares about it because he loves basketball, right? Yeah, well, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. It is. Are you in uh, Champagne tonight right now, or are you going no, over no. in the morning? No, driving over in the morning. i got to get to bed tonight. i got a cold coming on, or at least it's been battling for the oh, last no. couple of days. So I'm just trying to get over this. So. What yeah, a horrifying thing for a broadcaster. A little, my, no. my voice sounds a little deeper than it normally does here today. <laughs> you you kind of sound like if Don Fisher were trying to sing a Barry White classic. <laughs> Yeah, right now. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like Barry. Mm. I'm not, I, might, I might put that on tonight. See if I can. No. Give me some Lou Rawls right here. You'll never find. And like Don Fisher voice. Can you do that? No, I can't. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, are we going to, and we could have met up someplace tonight. I could, we got plenty of bourbon right here for you. Elijah Craig, Larceny Bourbon. We could, we could get that cold out of your system. Well beyond you taking the road to 74 tomorrow. That right. wouldn't be the only thing you'd be getting out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be listening tomorrow. You guys go on the air at 2 o'clock, you and uh, Eric and John, 93 yep. WIBC. And yeah, we'll see. Uh, this, is, this is one of those games tomorrow where, I mean, if you haven't already defined this team, this is certainly going to be a, a definable situation. For this group, yep. given the circumstances tomorrow, for sure. Hey, buddy, we'll be listening. I always love you. Hey, curious, though, with uh, what you heard of this question, this Q&A you got here from uh, Andy Sweeney, what, what do you think? The morning wake-up call. You like these like these guys? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think they do a good job. Well, why wouldn't I? Are you trying to I don't know. I'll just ask him. Yeah, well, of course, yes. I am. Yes. It's better well, radio. If it's better no. radio if you say you know they're terrible. Don, they're, no. they're scoundrels. Don. They're uh, I was you know, pissed. This Kevin I'm, Bowen guy's a problem. You know, whatever. He's an Irish fan. You know, I'm uh, a little pissy. All those things. Don, I'm a little pissy because Rick Carlisle goes on their show every week. I'm Rick Carlisle. I'm going to go on their show every week, and then he drops that breaking news nugget about Halliburton on Tuesday, and I'm thinking, come on now, let's spread the wealth a little bit. So I'm a little bit jealous. I'm sitting here jealous. Well, sports radio jealousy, that. Don. That's what you're dealing with on a Friday right now. Just so you know, you walked into this. You walked into a, a buzzsaw, if you will. Well, I understand that. I know how radio guys are. Since I'm one of them. <laughs> I know. He used to work at WIRE back. In the, did you guys all fight back in the day? Uh, actually, right? we didn't have anybody that knew anything about sports, so I didn't have to fight. For, yeah. You, can I can I say this to Don? Why yeah. why I love him. And it's and I enjoy this as well. This is how if I was on a remote, he goes with the stand up mic instead of the headset. And I am a stand up mic guy more so than a headset. Ten out of ten times, hundred percent. I love it. I love the I love the stand up mic. I can't get rid of it because I've used it my entire career, and it's kind of my <laughs> trademark now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Does Jake Jake Robinson doesn't have like twenty five of those things like in his closet somewhere, just making sure you got. Got covered? No, well, no. He he actually, you know, I used to use a six thirty five until Jake took over as the engineer, and so he's got me a little bit better microphone. He said it sounds a lot better than my six thirty five. Hey, when you when did you retire the yellow Walkman? 
that you used to use as a headset. When did that retire? <laughs> That's probably about <laughs> seven, eight years ago. <laughs> Do you still have it, or did you throw it away? Oh, he no, didn't throw I it away. away. Yeah. Oh, no, wow. you didn't. No, you didn't. That, would, that should go well, in the Hall of I'm Fame. Telling, Some kind I'm of case done about you. I threw it away, and my kids almost uh, they almost crucified me. I mean, yes. I said, what are you guys talking about? It stinks. It stinks. It sucks. And they, they said, Dad, you got to be kidding me. You could have sold that thing for $1,000. I said, yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> Easy. Spot on. Easy. Your kids are spot on. All the clothes that were 30, 40 years ago, all of that now you can sell vintage consignment for hundreds of dollars. Absolutely. Well, Probably right, and and here's what you got to know. I had a, I have like three pair, a yellow pair, a red pair, and like a, a navy blue pair of bell bottoms in my drawer. The, it was oh, in there for I don't know how long this was. This is before we actually moved to Greenwood. My wife made me get rid of them. I was really upset. What? Oh, god dang, Don! <laughs> I want to see you in bell bottoms again. Can we do a throwback time and you wear bell bottoms? That's a radio bit. There's you guys can schedule a remote around that. That's sports talk radio. <laughs> hey, I don't, I I'll, bring the, I'll bring this to Don. I know, there, I know there are pictures of me with Bell Bottom someplace. I can find one for you at some point. <laughs> I, um, I still have a big, I have a white, wide 1976 clip-on tie where Quinn Buckner signed it at the uh, Memorial Union after they won the 76 national title. I know I could squeeze like 10 bucks out of that right now. <laughs> a clip on time. <laughs> well, I stopped throwing stuff away because my kids are going to kill me. They all think they're going to get money out of it. Yeah. Well, if I'm IU, that's a missed opportunity. I mean, I use this, this big broadcasting school. What's his What's his nuts down there? What's his name? He's got the long hair. It looks like he's Scott Stapp from Creed that runs the department down there. Oh, what's his um, name? Uh, uh, Clavio. Uh, get, yeah. get Clavio. Galen. Clavio. See, I mean, you just you got to have smarts better than that. You got to get that thing and put it like right when you walk in. Don, do you know there. who Scott Stapp is? Yes, he, uh, we need to go Don back knows to that. Don knows who, who Scott Stapp is. Galen Clavio looks like Scott Stapp of Creed. So, and that's. <laughs> You guys, that you guys should watching, be right there. You guys watching Peacock? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm sir. I'm against that crap. I'm serious, man. Peacock. Did you not steal Jake Query's uh, password or hey, anything? No, no, no. seriously, right. Don Peacock. Now, if I were still in the days of our lives, I might think about it. But my God, <laughs> days of our lives, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> hey, buddy. It's a pleasure. Safe right. travels over there tomorrow. I, I promise you with this conversation, and especially us poking fun at Galen Clavio, you you will not have a cold tomorrow. You're going to sound great. But even if you do, that's a very Don Fisher, Lou Rawls thing you got going on right now. So you get, you, you get to call a game and get a little sexy voice going too, man. There's nothing wrong with it. No problem, boys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, Don. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, 
Got a lot going on this weekend, as I have documented so far on the show. And he'll have you covered coming up on Friday and Saturday. Indiana Sports Talk, which reaches all corners of the state of Indiana with Network Indiana affiliation. It's our friend Bob Lovell. Also brought to you by CarX, your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers run CarX locations. Maintain winter road readiness with CarX.com today. Good afternoon, Bob. How are you? I'm great, John. How are you? So last we left you, you were on your way on Saturday night to MC an incredibly important event at your alma mater, Plainfield High School. How did that go? Uh, it went great. It was really a lot of, lot of fun. Ran into people I hadn't seen in a while and uh, was part of their Hall of Fame induction uh, ceremony. Ah. And uh, it was just uh, it was a fun, fun night. It really was. You're a Plainfield – you weren't a Plainfield Hall of Famer before – Last weekend, I am, yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. I don't, that I don't is know awesome. why, but yeah, yeah. I don't even know if Eastern Green has one. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I can make it. I don't know well, if they I even want to recognize my presence. One, you would have been a charter member for heaven's sake. Well, I mean, Dusty May's not doing too bad <laughs> right now. It flats. I tell him that all the time. I go, hey man, yeah, stop messing with me here. All right, stop messing with me. Hey, dial, right. dial down this final four crap. All right, so, no, um, I don't even know. If, I don't know if we have one. I don't even know with my twelve years of being in that school. And and see, I go back to when you know we basically were in that school, that one place for twelve years. I don't know mm-hmm. if they really want to recognize that, Bob. To be honest with you. Well, I think they look forward to recognizing Dusty, and while they're at it, they might as well recognize <laughs> you. Don't you think? Yes. While they're at it, yes, that'd yeah. be a great way. Yeah, like, that'd hey, be a great. Since we decided to do this, Dusty, we'll just bring John in, see how it goes. Well, they also decided just while we're at it, since we gathered everybody together, to go ahead and put his dumbass in there. So good, 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 good uh, idea. Yeah, I would think you know since they already don't, they don't seem to have a statue of you outside the school. Uh, you know, uh, the next best thing is to put you in the Hall of Fame. But you got to start a hey, Hall of Fame first. So I, I did want to start here. I know that you and Greg did the uh, sectional pairings for the girls, final yeah. weekend of the yeah. girls' regular season. Anything stand out to you? And, and I know this. I, I don't have a great scope of what's going on throughout the state. But because of my daughter, I've seen I've seen Center Grove play a couple of times. Got one loss on the season. And they they are beyond legit down in CG. They're good. Well, I think what stood out more than anything, and, and I know this is cliched and we talk about it all the time, but how many really, really good basketball teams there are in, in girls' basketball and how uh, competitive the tournament should be because, you know, we talked about it throughout the broadcast. There didn't seem to be clear-cut favorites uh, in, in the classes, except with uh, with one aim, you know, Greg is a Lanesville grad, and they won it last yeah. year, and they're ranked number one now. So, you know, you might give them an edge, but uh, two, three, and four, um, they're they're wide open. There's some really, really good teams, and that was the I think the recurring theme that we talked about throughout the broadcast was. Um, how difficult it would be to win a championship because there's so many good teams. Yeah, I, I think about that too. I, I mentioned CG with with at least last I checked, a one loss. I, I like what uh, I like like Stuckmeyer does really on both ends and has girls oh, yeah. to 
yeah. to run a system exactly how he runs it. But, you know, not too far down the road, I mean, you get Mike Armstrong, who's been there and done that for about 19 decades, now at Franklin. <laughs> now right. at Franklin, your hometown, and they're as talented as anybody in the state. No, they really are, and you're right. I mean, Mike is as good a coach as there is, and so you look around – uh, you know, I know Indian Creek is not in 4A, but, but they are a, another team here in Johnson County, uh, very capable of making a championship run. And so um, uh, those are just some of the great stories you have going on. And then, you know, you, you look around, obviously, in, in girls' basketball, like you do in boys' basketball, it just seems like in, in 4A, uh, you're always talking about uh, sectional 10. You're always talking about how – how competitive that that sectional is, and it just seems to be um, how how these things kind of go from from year to year. And so um, we we talked about it and kept talking about it throughout the broadcast. Uh, and you know, normally you can see somebody who's you know been number one in the polls and done well and has a great returning group from a year ago or what have you uh, might have an edge, but. Um, I mean, this time around, this is really, really, really it, – it's a tremendously uh, a balanced tournament all the way through. So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. He joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Brought to you by 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers on Carx locations, Carx.com today. You know, this is not, Bob, out of the ordinary, but if you look at the rankings in 4A for the fellas right now, I mean, really, you go 15 of these teams deep, and all but three are from either Marion County or a Donut County. That's really impressive. Well, it is impressive, John. And, and you know what? If you think about it through football, it's, it's something uh, is replicated now in basketball. In central Indiana, there seems to be uh, uh, the predominance of power in, in terms of uh, – you know, boys and uh, girls basketball too, and and also in football, and it's it's hard to argue when you start to look at the bowls. Uh, I think you're 100 percent right. I mean, there you talk about uh, balance in the girls basketball uh, tournament. The same thing is true of the boys, and it's just a situation. I mean, you some you know, Fishers hasn't lost. Lawrence North hasn't lost. Western only lost one game. Lake Central, I'm not sure. I saw Lake Central earlier in a tournament at North Central, and I was imp- I was really impressed with those guys. But you got Noblesville Cathedral, Greenfield Central, Attics, um, all here in Indianapolis or Marion County, if you will, all solid. And with with Flory Badunga at Kokomo, you have to put them in the mix. Um, so you know Ben Davis is having a great year. Brownsburg is playing well. HSE is playing well. Uh, so there's you know, so a lot of legitimate contenders just here in the metropolitan area of Indianapolis. Yeah, no doubt about that. Bob Lovell is is with us. I mean, the four A, then you start to get things spread out. But Danville, obviously, with a one loss season so right, far, right, having an outstanding year. Uh, Brabuff, Garen, Heritage Hills, uh, Scottsburg, Delta, Northwood, yeah, Indian Creek. I think is is locked in there too. Um, it's got a, a lot of really good teams. And that's when you start spreading out a little bit, I guess, when you once you start getting out of a 4A, you start getting out of the Metro here. Well, you do, uh, but, but there are still, as you mentioned, there's still some uh, pretty solid teams in Central Indiana. But the, the 4A ranks are clearly 
heavily populated uh, in, in central Indiana, and that's not really a surprise, frankly, and it's not really much of a change. But there's some, you know, three A teams you, you talked about. Uh, the success that Danville's had. I think one of the, the real fun stories is the, the great job that Burbuff and, and uh, Garen Catholic yeah. are, are doing this year. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, I'm, an in, uh, I'm a Johnson County resident. Uh, Indian Creek's had a, a great run. But, you know, down in your part of the, the state, uh, in 3A, um, you know, Southridge is playing well down there. Yep. Uh, they're, 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 they're a really good uh, – you know where they are, and and that pocket uh, of teams and schools, you got to be pretty good to compete down there. So the great thing is, I just think that you know, aside from four A, like you point out, you get one, two, and three, and there's great balance all over the state. It's uh, Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk with us, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You mentioned Garrett too. I was up there back in the fall, maybe late summer, early fall, and not only. Are they growing in facilities? But they have a lot of room up there to grow. And I, I guess you look at it annually now. They normally have you know consistency in the level of play of their teams. But they're going to be an absolute monster here, even more than what we have seen recently here in, in really the short term future. There's just so much room to grow up there. There is, and you go back to to the fall. I mean, success of their football team. Tom Dilley, former coach at Chittard, won a championship yep. there, multiple championships there. Uh, their football team was really, really, really good, and we've talked about this before. There's something about having a good, solid football team that carries over to your other sports programs, and there's a perfect example of it. They're in a cycle right now where they have some tremendously talented athletes uh, on the boys' and girls' side, and so they're benefiting from it clearly. So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. Also, he's going to be talking about this weekend, certainly on Saturday, getting you a recap of IU Illinois, of Butler of Illinois. This is a very important stretch for the dogs of Thad Mata. You get Nova tomorrow at Hinkle, and then on the road you go with Creighton and UConn, and there's absolutely nothing easy about that. But this is something that the dogs need to overcome with that resume and trying to make that NCAA tournament in mind. Well, it's a great point, John, and, and it under, underscores how important it is to play well at home. And uh, you just rattled off some some games coming up. It, it's um, man, it's murderous to be honest. It's, <laughs> the Big East is always is really really pretty good, and so you've got Nova coming in. Um, you, you need to hold serve. Uh, this is not the, the Nova of Jay Wright, but it is still a very talented team. And, and they're just a situation where I think that, that Butler is one of those teams where the, their record doesn't indicate how actually good they are. They're a good basketball team. It's just that they play such a demanding schedule uh, that it doesn't necessarily reflect in the record. Clearly, that's what you have to do in terms of judging their uh, whether they'll make the tournament or not. But they, they really – they really, I think it's a big situation not only for Butler but for IU. They both need to start stringing wins together because if you look up on the calendar, you're in the, toward the end of January and you're, you're clearly running out of time. Yeah, if you're IU, it is uh, same but certainly more dire for the Hoosiers in Champaign on Saturday. And then well, I saw Zach Eady at the Pacer game last night and you know his teammates and himself and Matt Painter and company loaded it up and going Sunday to Rutgers, a place where I don't even know 
I have to look up the Boilermaker seniors. I got, I think after COVID, I think, and that added year for everybody, I don't know what the hell anybody is anymore. So <laughs> the senior class, evidently, according to Rob Blackman earlier this week, told me that they had never won on the road at Rutgers. So Sunday afternoon would be a nice time for them to do that. Break that trend. Well, yeah, it would. And, and Rutgers has, just ask IU and, and certainly and Purdue, has played awfully well in their building. And, uh, you know, I, I've said it multiple times on your show, um, college basketball is pretty simple. You, the home team wins a lot of times, you know, like 70% of the time. And so it's hard. That's why it's hard to win games because you're, you're going into somebody else's building and they're used to being there, the, the emotion, the crowd, the routine, the familiarity, and all those kinds of things work against you. And so you have to be mentally and physically tough to be able to win on the road, irrespective of who you are and where you are. Hey, Bob, got to get a little bit of love, too. Robbie Goggles joined me yesterday. And, uh, you know, Robbie Avila of the Sycamores, the sophomore, they they have a mammoth. (laughs) They have a massive game on Saturday evening at 6 o'clock at the Holman Center against Bradley. And what's interesting about that is, you know, Bradley – Bradley's really good. First time out in December, they beat Bradley in Peoria. However, right. uh, Connor Hickman, Connor Hickman's a product of J.R. Holmes and Bloomington South didn't play in the second half. Right. He is back tomorrow. So they, this is actually a run. They got Bradley at home, Belmont midweek in Nashville, and then Drake back at home next Sunday. Both those home and center games are on the ESPN network of channels, ESPNU tomorrow, and then Drake on ESPN2 a week from tomorrow. This is a hell of a stretch to kind of like, all right, it's a fun little story right now, but right. it needs to become serious damn business as early as tomorrow evening. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. And I just think that they're in a, I think the Valley's in a position that if Indiana State can continue to play the way they are, uh, this may be uh, a two-bid league uh, like it used to be. They may be able to get that second one in, and we're certainly hopeful that it's the Sycamores. But you're right. They're playing so well, and uh, Robbie Avila is one of the major reasons why. Offensively, I'm not sure who's better than they are in the country, quite frankly, in terms of efficiency. So th- this is a huge, huge stretch. January, as we talked about before, John, is a tough, tough month. It's a long month in college basketball, and it's also incredibly important for your postseason plans is you got to take care of business. And the Holman Center uh, will be packed, which I think is cool. You're talking about sellouts now when they play yep. at home, and that's as it ought to be. And the only question is whether you, you have had, have your Robbie Avila goggles, if you got them or not. Oh, well, I told him he – after this win tomorrow, he and Matt Graves, assistant coach – they got to go down to 8th and Crawford, where I lived back in the early 90s, and get their picture taken wearing goggles in front of my – by the way, that, that house, I don't know how that hasn't been torn down. I mean, my goodness, it looks terrible. Well, it's a historical but that site. was God, my place. You know that. <laughs> that's on, that's <laughs> on the historical of... registry. <laughs> I told him yesterday, I said, go up in the attic. I think I left a lot of clothes oh. up there from 1993. Oh, so go grab them. Not... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they're fun. They're fun to watch. But seriously, this is now, this is now getting down down to a time because it's a fun story and 
and goggles and Josh Shirts being, my God, please don't let it be DePaul of all places. But, you know, Josh Shirts being mentioned regarding possibilities right. of coaching someplace else. I, I say that about Dusty, too. I go, God, please, not DePaul. Come on now. But that said, a very important time for the Sycamores beginning tomorrow. Bob Lovell's going to have you covered. Of course, brought to you by CarX, your 14th Central Indiana. Joe Childers run CarX locations. Bob's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline tonight, tomorrow night, Network Indiana. It is Sports Talk with Bob Lovell with us today. It's always a pleasure, Bob. Again, congratulations on being Thanks, on John. the Hall of Fame, that Hall of Fame list at Plainfield. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks, John. Take care.